Sorry about that. All right, Jan, if you would like to get started. Sure. Hi, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Jan Davies and I'm with Friendswood ISD. And we are part of the Galveston County, Brazoria County um, Parent Lunch and Learn Groups. And we are um, happy to be able to bring this webinar to you today. And we are so excited to be partnering again with Consolidated Planning Group and appreciate their support of our parent trainings. Um, and we are so excited also to hear this topic today from um, Susan Palacios with Solomon's Porchlight. It's a new topic for us. And so we hope that we're able to learn a lot of really good things for your families. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jan. So I will go over kind of the rules of the road for today uh, before we let Susie loose to tell us all this information. Um, first of all, we're here with Solomon's Porchlight. There, um, goal really is to raise awareness and opportunities for individuals with disabilities in living in owning their own business. So it's going to be a great topic, a new topic for us today. I'm Michelle Morris with Consolidated Planning Group. You might have seen some of our webinars in the past. If you're new here, um, let me just tell you a little bit about how this works. Since we are in webinar webinar mode. We cannot see you or hear you, but we do know you're out there because we can see the number of participants. Um, today's webinar is being recorded. We put all of our webinars on our YouTube channel and on our podcast, so you could catch it there later if you'd like. And the slides will be emailed out to you. You provided an email and a phone number when you registered for this event. And that's part of what we're going to use it for is to send you the information. Um, if you are listening on our podcast and you would like for us to send you the slides, you can simply email us uh, contact at cpgcares.net and we will send you the slides for this uh, for today's presentation. Uh, so today, again, we're going to be talking about how to own your own business, consolidated planning group, why you should listen to us and the people, the information we bring you. Uh, we are a special needs financial planning firm. We're located just outside of Houston, and we serve families all across Texas and, as a matter of fact, all across the United States. Um, we have over 30 years of experience with financial advising. Um, we are insurance and uh, we're licensed fully in insurance and securities. Uh, we do a lot of business, but the owners of the company have two kids with special needs. And we decided to take this path when they saw how complicated things can be and, and all of the confusing rules and regulations um, related to special needs topics. So we do these webinars in order to help you and, um, and make sure that you have all the information you need. Um, people come to us for lifetime protection plans, lifetime care. You know, what is the cost of care going to be for your child in the future? Um, transition planning, we help with ABLE accounts. And of course, like I said, educating and advocating for your families. Um, there are over 263,000 financial advisors across the United States. And nationally, only about, well, fewer than 250 
period, not thousand, just 250 of those uh, advisors focus on families with a special needs loved one. So you are definitely in the right place. I mean, when you think that fewer than a tenth of a percentage of all the financial advisors in the United States focus on special needs planning, and we're one of them. So we are happy to be here today and to serve you. Uh, when you're thinking about special needs planning, uh, people always wonder who is going to take care of my child once I no longer can. And, and what we have to say to that is that it's always better to plan earlier. The earlier that you can plan, the better it will be for yourself and your family. Uh, discuss these, these questions early and develop that, that future needs care plan. Um, think about what's going to happen after high school. There are vocational options, additional educational options, um, transition programs, uh, communities where your child can live and work, um, all kinds of those things. But you want to think about it early so that you can get on waiting lists and so that you can plan for the future. And you want to think really long and hard about just saying, oh, well, my child's sibling is going to take care of them. Uh, there can be some complications that come about because of that arrangement. And uh, we would want you to use that only as a last resort because we want your, your child who would become a caregiver, you know, they, they don't want to have an obligation. They want to have a loving, friendly uh, relationship with their sibling. And the, the child who would become, um, you know, your child with special needs, having a sibling move into the job of caregiver, you know, that could create some resentment as well on their part, because they might think, oh, you know, you're not my parent. You don't have the right to control me. Well, it, it can be confusing. Um, so what we want to say today is that we are here for you. I have a few slides at the end that I will go over. If you have questions and comments, please just feel free to put them into the chat box and we will get to them when we can. Uh, so without further ado, I welcome Susie to talk to us about Solomon's Porch Light. I'll be running the slides. So uh, Susie, take it away. Well, thank you, Michelle. You know, I'm so grateful that um, uh, people are uh, asking about self-employment or entrepreneurship. Uh, when we started this in 2019, we didn't really think about how much it was needed. We did it because of my son. Um, so I'll go into that uh, and I'll talk about Solomon's Porch in a minute. But um, I want to start, first of all, with employment. So individuals with disabilities frequently have trouble finding employment. And when they do, they often face discrimination and wage theft. That is still true of today. Um, it used to be not too long ago that they changed the minimum wage for individuals with disabilities to be paid the minimum wage because so many people were taking advantage. I, I heard horror stories of people being paid two and three dollars an hour and they didn't know any better. They, they just wanted to work and be somewhere where they were needed. Um, so that still goes on, not so much the wage because that's been taken care of, but still you'll find um, 
when a person goes into an employment, a job, they still feel different and it shouldn't be that way. But, you know, we're trying to work with that. And so businesses own, business owned by individuals with disabilities are becoming increasingly popular as an alternative finding for employment. And so this is why entrepreneurship, owning your own business has become very popular because there are so many barriers that, uh, and if you go to the next slide, um, high functioning individ individuals are more likely to be employed than their low functioning peers. That's very true. Uh, when you have a high functioning individual, they can move on to higher education, college, a community college. Uh, they can work in various things and they're able to function very well um, because they have been in the school period uh, through high school, they have been pretty much included and mainstream in their curriculum. So if they did very well there, they can move on. But employees uh, with disabilities must work at the same level as a person without a disability when they're employed by someone. So they're able to function at that capacity. Most employers do not or cannot accommodate their dis disabled employees. And that's very true today. Um, the employer is the employer. And uh, some companies that are like a Google or a Chase Bank or some of your larger companies that uh, employed individuals with disabilities, they're able to make those accommodations because they already have. Many smaller businesses do not have that opportunity of having you know, uh, parking for them or ramps for them. Believe it or not, they still haven't met that guideline that is supposed to be there for individuals with disabilities, even when they come to visit. More and more, more, and more businesses are because they're being cited for not having those accommodations for visitors or employees that work there. Um, in, individuals though, lower side of functioning spectrum do not have the same employment opportunities. Um, and I can very much attest to this because uh, my son is in the lower spectrum and uh, he is now 22, finishing up his adult school and um, that was one of the things that was told to me from the very beginning. And I had accepted it a long time ago that he would not be able to move on to college or go to a job that was available for him. So we had to make uh, plans for him early. Michelle mentioned early, 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 early. I can't stress that. And I'll talk a little bit about the transition you need to do while they're still in school. Since very few employees with disabilities choose to leave their jobs because they don't have those accommodations or because they have uh, issues in getting along with others. It creates a lot of issues in the employment field. As I mentioned, the, the higher companies, they have an HR department that take them through an orientation, that takes them through the department they're gonna work with. They're very accommodating and making them feel as one of the fellow employees that are there, but some don't, some still have issues uh, because they don't capture everything about that uh, individual at the beginning. Um, I always tell uh, 
individuals that I talk to, if you need accommodations or if you need something in the workplace, you need to let that employer know ahead of time. Um, now they said, well, Miss Susie, if we do that, we may not get the job. I said, that's true. You may not because they may have an employee that probably uh, fits that job you know, in a better capacity or they're higher that one. But most employers that are with the larger companies, they understand that and they will make those accommodations or have them already. I don't know how many of you know this, but I'll, unemployment rate for the people with disabilities age 16 to 64 fell from in, in 2021 from, uh, I believe it was 10 point, uh, it was 10.8 in 2021. It is now 8.2. In the state of Texas, it's 7.6. But the unemployment rate for this group, you can always think of twice as high uh, because there's a lot that we don't capture in this data. Um, a lot of students, when they graduate from high school, what happens? What happens to those? And my next slide is says, so now what? Well, entrepreneurship, Frustrated with how elusive employing remains, parents help their adult children launch their own businesses so they can now know the dignity, stability, uh, and pride that comes with having a job. However, many parents cannot afford to launch a startup business, and there is very little assistance to guide them. Henceforth, that's why um, the next slide will say, what happens when the school bus cuts, stops coming? And that's gonna happen to me just this year. Continue, they can continue their education, as I said, with the higher functioning, they have no problem. Even some in the midstream, they continue with the community college, they move on to school. Or they wait for a Texas Workforce Commission for job placement. Um, this is where you have to be very attuned during the school years that we, in the high school years, especially that you start working with a counselor from Texas Workforce Commission. For the individuals with disabilities, there is a department called the VR department, which is, they just, they just work with individuals with disabilities. There should be a counselor coming to the schools, talking to parents and students. Uh, about what it is that they can do, what it is that they can work with, so that job placement can start early. And some do very well, some do not. And this is entrepreneurship now, again, it's coming into play. So they can attend, or they can do neither, and they can attend a day services where they care for your sons or daughters, uh, and they take them out on outings and they continue to learn, um, and, but there is no employment there. It's just a continuation of school or programs that they can help your son or daughter with. Those are the three options, or they can stay home. That's another option. So Solomon Porch was created. We can move on to the next one. There so we go. are, okay. So Solomon's Porch Light is a 501c nonprofit organization that was established in Humble, Texas. That's where we live. We really started in 2017, but we really didn't get going like everybody else. They had plenty of time during COVID. So that's where we filed for a nonprofit. And we started working with parents really the year before. 
but uh, we needed to get some funding. We needed to get established. So in 2020, we opened our doors and then we found out no one can come to our door. So we did a lot of Zoom. Uh, we did a lot of Zoom and we did a lot of interaction uh, via the uh, internet. So SPL educates parents and advocates for their loved ones while assisting parents with the overwhelming process of transitioning. So let's talk a little bit about transitioning, which Michelle knows a lot about, but let me tell you what happened to us as we were starting with Jonathan. You really need to think your child is transitioning from the home ECI to elementary. They transition all throughout their lives. Then they transition from elementary to middle school, then from middle school to high school, then from high school to adulthood. Those are my four phases that I had to deal with with my son. However, early on in middle school, I was told, what are your plans for your son? I really hadn't thought about it. Honestly, I thought he would stay little forever, maybe. I don't know. But at 14, 13, 14, this is when the light bulb should go off and start thinking, what are we going to do with our son and daughter when they graduate? So that's when we decided to do a person-centered planning, where you invite family members, teachers, doctors to sit around the table. We didn't have a doctor. We had a nurse practitioner. But we all gathered at a table and we talked about my son. What could he do? Parents need to start noticing their individual child early on. What is it that they are passionate about doing at home? What do they like to do? What makes them happy? Early on, we knew music was a big thing for Jonathan. We could calm him, we could calm him down. He sat in his room, enjoyed his music, played the games that we gave him, but music was a big factor. And then he liked being outdoors. So capture four things that your son or daughter likes to do from early on. Then the next thing he liked was being around people. As long as they didn't touch him and he was in that surrounding, he was happy. And the last thing he enjoyed was being in a vehicle all day long. You could take him on long trips and he never, never bothered you. As long as he was in a moving vehicle, he was happy. So at this table, we sat around. We talked about Jonathan and his likes, his dislikes, so many things. It took us two or three days till finally we brainstormed. Now he was only 14, still in middle school. Someone said, have you ever thought about an ice cream truck? My oh. God, that was the most wonderful uh, thing I had heard to my ears. I said, you're right. It has all the four elements he enjoys doing. So I have a friend that has an ice cream truck. We did it for two summers, a Friday and a Saturday. The first day was very chaotic to him because his awareness was different. The second time we did it, the second summer we did it, he was already attuned to everything we had been doing the first summer. We couldn't get him off the truck. That's how wonderful this, this person-centered planning is 
and I recommend it to people. If you don't know how to put one together, I'm sure Michelle and even the counselor at your schools would know how to do that. Start thinking about your sons and daughters at the age of 14, what are we gonna do in high school? Incorporate that transition plan into their arts. My school system helped me with Jonathan because we stayed in tune with what he was gonna do after he graduated. They even bought him an ice cream truck in his day school. They didn't buy him a truck, they bought him a cart, excuse me, an ice cream cart. So he could learn to hand the ice cream so he could give high fives. Now, here's the legal part about it. The business is not in his name. The business is in our name, in the family name. So a lot of people are concerned, and there's a slide I think I have, that there are some concerns about being in business. Um, if we go to the last slide, I think, Michelle. Um, go back. Uh, Go go for one more that I'll come back to the vision, but go back one more. One more. No, I'm sorry, go the other way. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay, so here are some things that we had to look at, you know, educational support material when we put this together, website development, business plan, business licensing, training support, market support, product development, all that comes into play when you're going to be into entrepreneurship. But prior to that, you really need to think about what is, what is your sons or daughters, what do they enjoy doing? When we place people in employment, the job does not match what they like to do. It's like the job, they place them in a job, but it's the job that's being filled, not the person. The job really needs to fit the person. And even if it's a, a placement in a, in a job, it really needs to be focused with what they enjoy doing. Uh, if they like to shred paper, well, for goodness sakes, put them in a department where they shred paper. Um, so TWC is working on that where they're trying to match person to job, not the other way around. And, um, and they're working hard on that because they've had such a high turnover where they place people in jobs, but they don't stay there. They, they get frustrated, they get annoyed, they end up leaving the job, and then they have to restart over. So those are some of the things that we need to really, really look at when you're planning your son's and daughter's future. Um, what I was gonna say earlier was that um, when we advocate at the age of 13, 14, you're advocating for your sons and daughters in the art meeting. I did say, incorporate your transition plan in there. The, when he got to high school, we started thinking about, uh, during the COVID period, it was a disaster because uh, our kiddos were not gonna sit behind a computer. They were not going to be learning, at least mine didn't. And um, so when I went back to school, I said, okay, my son lost a year and a half of training. What are you gonna to do to help me with that? I said, you could give me credit in hours or you could give me additional training and they weren't going for that. Um, 
so I said, so we agreed that part of his training was to get him that ice cream cart because that was in his transition plan from the beginning. And they did. And he goes around selling his ice cream during school. They allow that. It's an adult school now. It's not the high school. But they have opened so many doors for Jonathan to practice that. This year, when he leaves school, we'll have his truck ready. And that's what we'll be doing. But you have to start early. And if it's already, if he's already in high school or she's in high school and you still are not there, don't worry. There's other means of getting that training for them. That's what we're there for. And if they have a passion, if they want to do something on their own, we can help them develop that product. We do the training. Uh, we have small business administration that does uh, small business administration 101 is their curriculum. They have made it now, depending on the businesses, what is it that you're going to be needing for that business? And so we, uh, we try to get it all written down with a business plan. Uh, we help them with that. We help the parents with that if it's going to be in their name, even if it's in their child name. Here's what I was going to tell you. A lot of parents are concerned that if you put the business in a child's name, it affects the benefit part of it. Uh, it does because you're making money. And what they don't see is, okay, you've got your benefit money and then you've got this money coming in. Okay, my benefit money is gonna lower. In reality, it doesn't lower. You're really gonna be making more money, but you're gonna have to report that. And so they're so concerned about that so we bring a person from SSI and SSD, SSDI to talk to them about that and how that works. A lot of parents decide, no, we want the business in our name, Susie, because it's our responsibility. My child can volunteer doing that work, but he has something to do and it doesn't affect his benefits that way because he's volunteering in the community to work in the family business and it's not in his name. So we got around that. The other thing too, when you open up your business, um, you have to adhere to the community that you live in um, because they have certain rules in the communities, especially if you're going to be doing a, a business out of your home or something like that. Um, There's certain rules, uh, some, uh, what do they call the, the housing uh, laws? The Mm -hmm. Yeah, the HOA. So you need to be careful with all that. However, people have started in their business, their business in homes. As long as they don't advertise, they don't have people coming and going. I think it's okay. And many, many people because of COVID started doing things out of their home. And it's kind of more accepted now a little bit. Uh, just you have to be careful with the rules and regulations surrounding. One of the best things that we've done at Solomon's Porch Light when a parent comes to me and they say, my son loves to bake, my son loves to do this. Can we structure something for a business? Yes, we can, but how do you know that's what he wants to do? So part of our mission at Solomon's Porchlight is to find mentorship within the community or outside the community if they're from another section or another part of town and try to find a business where they can mentor in that particular thing that they want to do. 
I have two students right now that are being mentored in a photography studio. They want to take pictures all day long. So they are actually being mentored right now. And I tell parents, let's try it for two to three months. He can volunteer in that business and see if that's really what he wants to do before you invest money into it. There's a lot that goes into opening up your business. And um, can you imagine, we don't have, we don't have very many obstacles in, in, as far as understanding things. They are, they don't understand the whole aspect of business, but some do, some don't. Uh, but at least they are doing what they enjoy doing and they're, they're interacting with the community. They're interacting with others. They're socializing. They're out in the community. And that's what I try to do with Jonathan. And now, you know, uh, if he's ever wandering down the street or something, they all know who he is. So, you know, it, it, of course he doesn't wander, but if for some reason that were to happen or um, you don't ever know, especially in today's day. So I just try to keep him active in the community. And that's what we need to start doing all around, you know, not just, here, everywhere should be doing social events with their sons and daughters so they can get used to that. It's not easy. I understand. Uh, my child is uh, multiple dis disabilities, uh, but no one can tell me because I've seen children that have severe cerebral palsy. They own their own shredding business with employees. I've seen miracles. I've, I've seen things that they don't have, I cannot do in their vocabulary. They can do everything. There are several businesses that have opened up in uh, the Houston and surrounding areas. And the individual, uh, that makes them happy to be doing something. I don't know. I didn't follow all the script. I don't usually follow script. I just talk. But I hope that I was able to give you some insight. What I was going to tell you about the transition plan when you're in school, when you go to the art meetings, never go alone. Take someone with you that can help you advocate. You will have to do the speaking if your child is nonverbal. Regardless, you should ha also have your child with you in the art meetings so he understands. Even my child understands it's all about Jonathan. So. Uh, and it, to me, the spectrum is the spectrum. You're either in the high end or you're in the low end. It doesn't matter. Um, as they get older, uh, they understand more and more. And they become aware of more amount in their surroundings. Whatever you do, do not um, let them be at home. Um, our our Solomon's Porch has higher expectations down the road for our, for our nonprofit. We will start a, um, with the help of other organizations, we will start training on the different day hacks, different resources. When you get my information, there's all types of resources. I have a tab that says resources. And uh, there's all kinds of organizations that can help you as parents. Uh, and that's the last thing I'm going to say, educate yourself, because there's so much out there. Michelle can tell you that. 
Jan can tell you that working in the school system, get the support you need. We're just a small face of entrepreneurship, but with the small business coming in, helping us with that, to be able to get grants and well, not grants, but loans. But I will tell you this, I was in Austin two weeks ago. Austin now is becoming more aware of individuals with disabilities owning their own business, that they have a bill before the house. It's HB 1113 that is trying to get loan seed money for entrepreneurship and grants. Now it's gonna be funded by TWC. So we need to see where TWC is all with all this, but, um, but it is before the house. So you know that more and more people are going this route and you know that it's being helpful in the community. And let me tell you, these young adults or older, I have a 42 year old that came to me that wants to do this. Uh, they're happy because they're doing what they like to do. And what is that saying? You never have to work a day in your life if you're doing what you enjoy doing. I think that's, that's absolutely true, Susan. That's true for them too. So I'll end there. I hope I gave you enough information, uh, Michelle. If this not, has been fantastic, Susie. We do have one question. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, in your experience, the differences between something that they see as just a hobby and something that they actually want to work at as a job? Um, you know, is there a difference? The difference. How can oh, you yes. tell if it's right to make it? That's why, that's why our program offers the mentorship program. That's one thing. We do send them to, let's just talk about jewelry making because so many children like to do jewelry. And to some people, that's a hobby because they like to sit there and it calms their nerves and it, do, it does this. That's where the parent comes in and says, okay, well, he really likes it. I didn't know that Jonathan was going to like the ice cream truck. And, you know, I had to try it. So is it a hobby? It could be a hobby, but it could turn into a money-making hobby. And you could do that out of your home. I can tell you three students that are making jewelry right now, which I thought would be a hobby because it does come their nerves and all that. But you never know if it could be, unless you try, if it could be a small business. I forgot to tell people, we are going to have a market uh, like a market square of all the entrepreneurs uh, that are making their own products. And it could be any little thing. Um, it could be, I have a young lady uh, that loves to make beautiful jewelry. And this is a kicker. She's blind and wow. she feels and touches everything. So you don't know. I mean, you just have to you have to try it. If you see your child with that special ability, even if it's a hobby, but they enjoy doing it, what does it hurt to take them one step over? Take them to a little trade show and see what happens. I have another group of students that do like Hallmark cards. They write their own Hallmark cards and they do the artwork and everything. The, oh, poss fantastic. the possibilities are endless. So you don't know unless you try. So my answer to that is you don't know if it's a hobby. You don't know if it could be. So what does it hurt? 
to just give it a try. Take, if your child is not used to the outside and being around people, you could still bag it up for him. And then he could try to start with the friends, start in school. Uh, we didn't know if it was gonna work for Jonathan either. We thought he's gonna throw the ice cream and hit us in the face with it, mm -hmm. but he does enjoy it. And you could see the big smile on his face. He knows when he's going to the park to sell ice cream or the pool. Uh, one of the things that we're trying to do is when he leaves school is that we have to sign up for the football games here in Humble so he can have his little truck out there. And, and the school knows who Jonathan is. Advocate for your child, advocate, advocate, start early. And if I can help in any way, I, Michelle, I'll send you my brochure with the information so you can get it out to parents. Right, we will send out all of Susie's info. And one thing that I was thinking um, as you were talking, because my my husband, on, on the side, he enjoys brewing beer, craft beer. So we go to a lot of breweries and sometimes at the brewery, we'll see um, vendors. And wouldn't it be cool to set up a vendor fair for these children at a yeah. place where people are gathering? I mean, yes. I don't know if you want children and uh, hanging out where they're selling alcohol, exactly. but things like that, just vendor fairs, uh, that would be a really cool idea. And can you tell us a little bit more about your mentorship process? Oh, sure. So I approach, I live in a small community. I actually live in the city of Humble. We're our own city. Uh, we're right next door to Kingwood. We're Tascacita, but we live right in the middle and we have our own police department, our own mayor. So I live in the community of Humble. So I started approaching some of the business owners because I know them uh, and said, hey, would it be possible for you to maybe, do you need any extra help? Um, we have a lot of beauty shops here. So some of the students that wanna do hair and they think, oh yeah, we, we love to fix hair. We love to do nails. So I asked a couple of the vendors here if they would mind um, letting a couple of the students come and help them sweep up the hair, do whatever they needed. And they really got into it. And, uh, and so we approach the businesses here. We're small business community um, and see if they need any help. And could they maybe mentor um, an individual with, with disabilities? I mean, they have to be able to come There's certain criteria that you have to fit the job to the student. But uh, if we have one and they wanna do that, the baker that I was talking to you about, he's actually working right now in a bakery He's not getting paid and he knows it and he's not happy, but we tell him, but look, look what we can do. And so then we make him happy again. So what we did with him, uh, we put him in the bakery. He's learning some of the, the kitchenware and things like that. Um, but what we did do for him, I said, look, you cannot sell your bread, but less we have, we have to wrap everything up. We'll do little carts with your ingredients and we'll give it away to some of the nursing homes. And we started doing that with him and they just took the little bread. Of course, it had to be all sealed and everything according to the rules. And then they started donating money to him. And he liked that. Oh, they yeah. They just gave him a dollar. <laughs> they gave him two dollars and, you know, then it grew. So now he's working in an actual bakery. Now, his parents are very much involved in all this. So uh, the parents, when they're when they're not able to make certain decisions, be sure you have guardianship, be sure, be sure you have 
paperwork that you're able to speak for your 18 year old on up because oh, yes. you have to have some documentation. That's um, very important. Very. And uh, so they do have guardianship on, 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 uh, on Philip, but, um, but that's, you know, that's how, that's how we did it here. We just approached business owners and they were very receptive and they get free labor <laughs> for three months. <laughs> Here's another question for you. Can a small business, uh, you mentioned that maybe it should, the business should be under the parent's name and yes. the child volunteers. Uh, could they have the business under the trust? You know, uh, I have an attorney friend of mine. Um, it can be, but uh, I, I forget what he told me needed to be done on that. I, I have to check. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's, it can be. And, and I would say- easier, you would think, to yes, do it under the parent's yes, name. Yes, yes, you can. Um, if you have an attorney, that's a good question to ask them, but, but I think it can't, there, there's ways around it. And, and that's what I, don't let one little obstacle, if he, if your child, son or daughter enjoy doing something, work around it. Um, just, you know, you don't, you, you don't give up and you just kind of work with them. Now, I know a lot of parents work and they say, Susie, we don't have time. We don't do this. I said, make time. This is your son and daughter. You've got to think about their future, um, you know? And once they get out in the community, they feel so much more comfortable too, uh, where they're not just cooped up inside. Uh, people know them, take them to church, take them to outings, wherever you want to. Don't, I mean, um, I wasn't always, my son is adopted, so I didn't always feel like this, but he was my responsibility and I had to do something. I educated myself. Uh, you'll have to make some changes, and that's hard sometimes. I gave up a wonderful opportunity. I was, I was a human resource manager. I was, I worked for a very wealthy man here in Houston. I worked for Jim McEnville. I was his HR person, and wow. I had to, give, I had to give all that up to take care of my son. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I just, you know, I just love what I do now because I'm helping other parents too. And I have helped other parents and that's the difference. You'll be able to help someone else and say, well, this is what I did. This is what you can do for your son and daughter too. Right, there's some great conversation and happy conversation happening in the chat. I hope you guys are looking at this. Uh, someone says, my son enjoys washing clothes and we've thought of the possibility of helping him start a clothes washing business of some sort. One thing that I would, personally say about that, you know, every neighborhood is different, but here in my neighborhood, we have one of those uh, neighborhood Facebook groups Oh yes, where the parents all talk and sometimes bicker, uh, but that might be a good place to talk about your child's abilities and what they can do. And there are these, these people who are so busy and working yeah. and maybe would love help with doing their laundry or cleaning their, um, we have kids in my neighborhood who go around and paint uh, the house number on the curb so that it's mm -hmm. easier for the fire trucks or yeah. ambulance or anybody to see your house number. They paint it on the curb. Um, there's a, a young man in my neighborhood who cleans out 
our trash cans if you call and, you know, so maybe advertising your child's business on the neighborhood uh, page on Facebook would be something that would work well. Exactly. I'd like to share something really quick. Um, You were talking about like the mentorship going back to that. Another mm-hmm. thing to just to offer to families is be sure to talk to your child's monitoring teacher or the the teachers at the school and share with them what what your child likes to do because we're always looking for like in Friendswood we take take the juniors and seniors off campus to work and we're always looking for ideas to place kids in areas that they're already interested in working in so they get exactly. that two year jump start. And um, that might be something that would be beneficial for you to be able to just share that information. Jan, I also wanted to say on that trend, I don't know if you guys do the transition plans. We do. If you do, I was going to also mention if that transition plan is not working and you you have some time there to switch it or change it, Mm -hmm. but try it and you may do it wasn't the first transition plan we had for Jonathan wasn't the ice cream truck. So that's why I don't know if you are familiar with person-centered planning. So do that because that is so helpful for parents also. I I made a note in the chat about that, that, you know, Friendswood's um, very active in using person-centered plans. We love doing them. Um, But if your school district doesn't do them, then ask them about it. There's trainings available all the time to teach teachers how to do them. So just reach out to your your district and ask about it and see if they can help provide one. Yes, definitely. They are so one person in the um, chat is mentioning that they have a food trailer that could possibly be converted. Yes. I'm not sure if he's talking about, you know, to an ice cream truck. You might want to reach out to him uh, after this uh, after this discussion. You guys connect. Okay. Maybe you can make that work out. Wouldn't that be fantastic? That'd be great. See, you never know what yeah what's in front of you until Angel you, is you know, telling us about it. community colleges that have uh, programs for students with disabilities. We talk about that a lot in in mm-hmm. some of our webinars. And I'm going to finish up uh, my slides so that we can chat okay. and don't have to worry about you know, making sure I get all my stuff in. So on the screen, Michelle, before you you go on just a minute, I'm just reading this last comment here. And um, with the Stripe program, we actually did the training, our last um, Lunch and Learn in um, March was Mm -hmm. on the Stripe program. So um, you should have access to that recording if you attended. And if not, again, talk to your school district and they can send that to you or go on to Consolidated Planning Group and learn about that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So what I've had here on the screen for the past uh, couple minutes is um, things that you need to have on your radar as your your child is getting older and things that you need to be thinking about. Um, the future care cost estimates. Make sure you're on the waiver list, uh, waiting list, SSDI and SSI and understanding the differences ABLE accounts, uh, making sure that your child is not listed as a beneficiary. These are all things that we have done webinars about that you can find on our YouTube channel. Um, Just a lot of of things that you need to kind of be thinking about as you're going along. Uh, When we send you these slides, this will be clickable. You can check out our upcoming webinars um, on our website. 
Uh, real quick, this is our team. We are just an independent, holistic financial planning firm that focuses on loved ones with special needs. So not just planning for uh, you, know, you and your spouse to retire, but what happens with your child who has a disability once you're gone and, and how are they, they going to be cared for? Um, now, when you registered for this webinar, you gave us your phone number and your email address. You see these smiling faces, especially the, the ladies on the bottom row. That is our support staff. They help with uh, paperwork and scheduling meetings and marketing. And one of the marketing things that they're going to be doing is reaching out to you to see if you have any follow-up questions about today's presentation, or if you would like to schedule a free consultation with Consolidated Planning Group. During that consultation, it's no pressure. We want you to ask us any questions that you have. Um, we want to make sure that whatever is keeping you up at night or itching your brain right now, we can answer your questions. We learn a little bit about you, and then we talk to you about how we work and what we charge for planning um, and that kind of stuff. And, and you can decide from there if it's a good fit for us to work together. It's no pressure. Um, so if you don't want us to call you, then call us first and schedule that appointment. You can use the QR code here. You can call us. Or again, if you are listening on the podcast, it might be easiest, easiest for you to email contact at cpgcares.net. This slide also has a link to our YouTube channel, our Instagram, our podcast, and our Facebook. Okay, so now that I've gotten through all my slides, I feel much more comfortable with going back to the chat and making sure we're getting everything answered there. I don't have to worry about catching up on, on anything. So um, a student who loves to read, they can volunteer at church and read to the little children. Uh, trash can cleaning is a good business. Um, I have experience in entrepreneurship. How can we help? I love that. So Susie, if you have some yes. opportunities for people to, to help you, that great. would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a young man that's very much into exercise, uh, exercising. And what we did with, uh, with him was really good. We approached some of the daycares where they have adults and uh, we kind of tailor some exercise for like seniors and um, younger people. And he's getting paid from the day hats to come out for a couple of hours and, and teaching them light exercises. And he's having a ball. So you never know. Yeah, yeah. So people are talking about canvas paintings. I, I suggested, you know, find a community art fair, local art shows, um, even a, maybe a farmer's market or some kind of trade show like that. You could sell that. Um, okay, this question is for me. I see one. My daughter is in the, on the waiting list for Virginia, but we just moved here to Texas. So how do we get her on the Texas waiver lists? Uh, if you would like to reach out to me, I will send you my email personally, and I'll make sure you have all the answers for that. Um, there's a couple phone numbers you need to call. The waiting list can be really long, unfortunately. Um, some conversation going in between the, the guests. As we will, 
someone wants to know what Chris does, what kind of um, this, oh, that's you, Jan, <laughs> what kind of business we have. So yes, lots of great conversation happening today, lots of great ideas. And I think it's just, it's important, Susie, like you said, just get out there and try it. Find other places where there are entrepreneurs working and selling and see if you can get in how you can help, how you can uh, get your child out there into the neighborhood, into the community and see what op options are available out there. I have a young lady, I have, I call them my children, but um, there's a young lady in our group that loves animals and she started her own animal shelter in Pasadena and she's had it for a few years. That's the other thing I wanted to mention is monies are also available through the SBA for existing businesses if they want to grow or expand. Um, uh, small business has a very low interest loans, even today, which amazes me. And they, they have a special um, needs group that works with special needs parents. So, and that's who teamed up with us to yeah, do the training. That's a great program. There's also SCORE. SBA yes. Small Business Administration uh, SCORE is a great group that does host uh, classes and mentoring for small businesses. And, right. and these are people who have been through it, who come back and volunteer to help other people start their businesses and get things up and running. So SCORE is a great group to look into. Um, okay, any, any last comments or anything we have only about five minutes left so i want to wrap up and make sure that we thank all of you participants for being here thank you so much for susie and jan for um, sharing all this great information and being here to you today um like i said later on today you will get an email that will have all the contact information you need susie's um brochure all these slides and a link to the presentation on our YouTube channel. So if there's anything else, just throw that in the chat box real quick. And other than that, thank you everybody so much thank for being you. here today. Please reach nice out. Meeting to you, Jan. Nice meeting you, Jan. Thank you so much, Susie. All right. With that, I will go ahead and stop the meeting for today. Join us for our next meeting and thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Securities and advisory services offered through Triad Advisors, member FINRA and SIPC, Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated and Triad Advisors LLC are not affiliated. Advisory services offered through Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated. Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated is not affiliated with Triad Advisors.